Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Double Disco Southeast PA style Double IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Pater IPA, is still available right now in Funk's tap rooms, but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards pater is presented by bet online where the game starts also we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pater for our two t-shirts one is the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt it has the pater word mark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 penn state football season it has matt mcgloin's name and number it's very fitting as this season of nittany lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team Again, head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.believav.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show, at ESPN Radio 1037, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. For those that are watching here on YouTube and for those that are listening, uh, Matt is wearing uh, an Oakland Raiders hoodie. He used to play for the Oakland Raiders, so you're a Raiders alum. Uh, any comment on the uh, disintegration of the Raiders this past weekend against the Jeff Saturday-led Colts? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a Las Vegas. Raiders oh, good. Hoodie. Okay, good. You've got the update. Uh, actually, yeah. it is. It is. Although I have trouble saying Las Vegas Raiders. It takes they'll a minute. Be the yeah, Oakland you grew Raiders. up with it. Yeah, they'll always be the Oakland Raiders to me. No, it's you know, it's they're they're going through some stuff out there in Las Vegas. It seems like with the Raiders, it's tough. It's tough to watch, you know, because for me, like. You know, I was so proud to to have had the opportunity to play for the Raiders for four years. It's such a fantastic organization. I think it's so well run. Um, you know, the people that work there day in and day out are so passionate about the organization. You know, all I mean, you know, just win, baby, right, Tom? I mean, that is the motto, and that is always the mentality there. It's just like now that now you're on, now you're on the outside looking in, and it's just one of those things where it's like you can't get right. They just can't. They can't figure it out. Is it an atmosphere thing? You know, I don't think so. Is it an environment thing? I don't think so. It's just one of those things. I feel like they get into a game and they don't they don't know how to win. They haven't learned how to win 
and that's the frustrating part because I think Derek has done a great job. I think he's a very good quarterback. Um, you know, certainly the, the players are there. It's just figuring how to win and learning how to win. Yeah, I felt bad for for Derek Carr, his post-game press conference. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, say what you will. I, I, I genuinely felt bad from the guy clearly cares, as does Devontae Adams, I'm sure. A, a yeah. lot of people in that building. But anyway, uh, we are here because of Penn State football. Obviously, this coming Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the road at Piscataway. It's Penn State versus Rutgers, the final road game of the year, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. Uh, just still kind of recapping things from the week. Arguably, the biggest piece of news to come out of James Franklin's press conference this week was the news surrounding Joey Porter Jr., defensive back, who you and I were talking about a little bit last week in regard regards to um, the, uh, the recap episode we did after Penn State beat Maryland. Joey Porter Jr., conspicuous by his absence. There were rumors that he had a non-football injury that he sustained during the week. Obviously, we didn't know what that was, and it was revealed that it was appendicitis that Joey Porter Jr. Mm. is suffering from as of last week. Uh, you can actually speak to this because you've dealt with this appendicitis. So uh, can you walk us through what <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. is dealing with right now? It's not fun. Uh, that, that was, that happened to me, Tom, about, gosh, I want to say six weeks or so before my senior season, um, at West Scranton high school before we, before week one football, um, it, it, ha- it happened real fast too. It was, we, we had a seven on seven, so it would have had to have been somewhere around July, you know, cause you're getting ready for training camp, things like that. So you start doing seven on sevens, scrimmages, stuff like that. We had a seven on seven. And after that, started having some stomach pain, thinking to myself, you know, hey, we just did a seven on seven, you know, chances of me having irritated a muscle, maybe pulled a groin muscle, something like that. Something's not sitting right. You're trying to stretch it out. You're trying to do all that. Fast forward, Tom, to like 11 o'clock at night, I'm like curled up in my bed and now I'm hunched over walking around my house. And so like, finally, I said to my parents, I'm like, mom and dad, uh, uh, this this stomach ache or a stomach whatever ache, it may yeah. be, it's not going away. So my parents rush me to the hospital. I walk in the hospital and uh, they bring me back. The nurse is like, do me a favor, jump up and down real quick. So I I, ju- I like couldn't even jump pass. up and down. I couldn't do Hard that. Could, couldn't do that. I think she immediately knew what it was. They did blood work, Tom. And about 4 a.m., they, they took my appendix out. So not even you know, 12 hours from the first feeling to go into the hospital, I had to have an emergency appendectomy that fast. And, you know, it, it lasted like the, you know, the pain, things like that, recovering from surgery, you know, I want to say about five, six weeks or so I missed, I missed training camp, but I was ready for, for that first week before training camp to, to play my, my high school season of football, but it's not fun to deal with. It's just one of those things, Tom, that it just, boom, out of nowhere, sneaks up on you and, you know, you're down. So again, one of the things I think a positive, at least you can take away from it for Joey Porter Jr. At least Tom is that it's not a knee or an ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or months hip, and months of recovery. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Thank God. Thank God. It's nothing that is going to prevent him from, you know, continuing to develop as a player, prevent him from training for the combine next year. Right. We're assuming he, he will, he will not be returning to Penn state for another year. Um, but uh, but again, you know, it's 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 still an unfortunate situation. And again, as a player, Tom, you know, you know when you're done, right? And and you know, for for him to have to sit out these last two games of the season and, and potentially the bowl game um, as well, certainly it's not the way you want to end it. 
But again, if you're Joey Porter Jr., you know, it's, you know, thank God it's not a, you know, an injury that, you know, could hang around or could be a nagging injury or something that's going to force you to to rehab for months and months and months. Yeah, James Franklin was uh, not going to play doctor in the press conference, and he said, yeah, I know immediately people are going to start speculating in terms like, well, how long does it take to recover? And uh, you were saying kind of five to six weeks is kind of what you dealt with, and every case is a little bit different. Um, I've yeah. had a parent and a grandparent deal with uh, appendicitis as well, so a, a little different than a professional athlete. Uh, but I, I think the interesting thing regarding the rest of the season is that you know you're you're playing a bad Rutgers team this Saturday. Next weekend you're playing an okay Michigan State team at home on Senior Day. You understand it, and, and we were talking about it a little bit on the last episode the emotional tug of Senior Day for every member of of the staff and the team. And then also playing in a bowl game, potentially your last bowl game, uh, suiting up for your college. You understand that emotional pull. Uh, the question is going to be, you know, does Joey Porter Jr. pull that trigger? Does he decide to go to the NFL? And does he take this as kind of a sign from the universe of, you know what, my time at Penn State is over. Um, the, the other thing to look at, Matt, is without Joey Porter Jr., how do you feel about Penn State secondary? Um, yeah, no, again, it's one of those things, Tom, where I, I think, you know, we talked about this a few weeks back where, you know, they have the luxury of kind of being able to experiment with different guys in different situations and different personnel groups and different coverages, right? They can do that over the next two weeks because of who they're playing, right? If they want to maybe get this guy reps at boundary or field corner, hey, we want to get this guy some more reps at strong safety compared to free safety. Heck, maybe we want to put this guy in that hybrid type role here and see what he can do and get it on tape, see if he can do it. And it's something that we could mess around with over the course of bowl practice or heading into 2023. They can do that now. And, and, you know, they don't look, Joey Porter's one of the better defensive play, not just one of the better cornerbacks, one of the best of players, defensive players in America, but they don't need them to win Which these next two games moving think, forward. It's, you know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. But you now have, again, the luxury of saying, all right, well, who's going to be that next guy for us? Right. How do we find that guy? Let's use who we have. Let's see who you know, has, has earned the right to get more reps, who's earned the right to get a few reps and has earned the right to kind of get mixed into that rotation. Look, it's a good excuse. I think now, Tom, to, to try new things in these last two weeks, knowing that and nothing against Rutgers because Wimsett is getting better as a quarterback. Um, and then obviously Peyton Thorne is, is he has struggled, but, um, he's always dangerous, always has, you know, the capabilities of having a big game, but you know, compared to guys like McCarthy or compared to guys like Stroud, obviously you're not going up against that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do there and how they decide to handle that moving forward, Tom. But, you know, I, I fully expect them to continue to to get guys reps and continue to uh, to see different jerseys back there. Yeah, it's really, you know, you hit the nail on the head that is like, oh, you can lose Joey Porter Jr. And especially for the next two games, we'll see about a bowl game, you don't miss a beat. And mm -hmm. you and I have been singing the praises of Daquan Hardy for the entire life of this podcast. And if anything, I kind of see this as a chance for Daquan Hardy to kind of step back into the light. And it's not that he's done anything wrong this season. It's just been kind of the the personnel and the, the defensive alignments that Manny Diaz likes to go to. It, it just seemed like Daquan Hardy got pushed a little bit further down the depth chart. And at the same time, you know, Kalen King emerged. Uh, Johnny Dixon, per James Franklin, he said is maybe the most improved player in the entire program. He said that this past week in his press conference. So there's great depth plus Marquise Wilson plus Daquan Hardy getting back involved in the mix in a, in a bigger way and a bevy of safeties that you feel comfortable with all of a sudden 
you're looking, you're looking forward. And it was kind of like what we talked about last episode is that the future feels very, very bright, even though Tig Brown, Joey Porter Jr. probably going to be gone here in a matter of moments to the national football league. It's, it's exciting. It's one of those things too, Tom, where, you know, I think it could help Penn state in a way too, because when you game prep for Penn state with Joey, when you're playing Joey Porter Jr. as a quarterback, you're thinking to yourself, all right, I gotta be careful here. Like I can't, if it's this route versus that route, if it's this matchup and that matchup, like I, I can't work that side, right? He's too good. It's a low percentage throw. You know, I, I have to work away from that. You're basically working three quarters of the field because Joey Porter Jr. is that good to take away a whole side of the field when he's playing it. But now, you know, if you're, you're a coordinator, you're a quarterback, you're a wide receiver, you're thinking to yourself, well, he's out. I'm going to test these guys. I'm going to go at these guys. I'm going to operate with a full field. I'm going to trust what I'm seeing. I don't care about matchups. I feel like my wide receivers can beat now who's ever out there. And I think if you're thinking that, you're going to be wrong because of the guys that you just mentioned are talented players. Um, they've gotten better throughout the course of this season. And Tom, as a competitor, um, as somebody who wants to be the best you know, player on their team and wants to feel like nobody can do their job better than them. You better believe that now with Joey Porter Jr. out, everybody in that secondary is hungry to be the next guy, to be the next Joey Porter Jr. So even though there's two games left to play, you better believe, man, these guys are not going to miss. They're not going to miss a beat. Nobody's going to miss a step. These guys are going to bring it because they're going to want everybody to see who that next guy is going to become. And listen, I know the average fan at home would be like, well, it's a meaningless bowl game. There's a big difference between a New Year's Six bowl game and the freaking who knows what mayonnaise bowl or something like that. <laughs> if you lose to Rutgers and Michigan State, guess where you're going to wind up? So even though it's like, oh, these games don't mean anything, they mean something. You're telling me Penn State Bama? Would it, would it mean something to these kids at Penn State? Should. There's a lot of projections Absolute, for absolutely. Um, a lot of projections for Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. I've seen the Citrus Bowl and the the common opponent that people are speculating about uh, outside of Alabama is Ole Miss. Jeepers, nothing to mess with. <laughs> Jeepers, and here's the thing too, Tom. You're like well, that's not for me. Like so, this is a whole other conversation, and we will talk about this once bowl season kicks yeah. off and once we're talking about bowl practices and things like that. But if you're somebody who is looking to go to the NFL. And I think Joey Porter Jr. is the exception in this case, Tom, because of not being able to do something for possibly four weeks or whatever. He's going to be on the shelf. You have to assume he's going to be out for the bowl game as well. Just because I think, you know, when you're down, when you miss a game, you miss another game, you miss another game, you're, you're, you're not doing much. You're not out there practicing every single game. Then all of a sudden you have to get back into playing shape and then go back out and play a bowl game. Like it's for Joey Porter Jr. I just didn't think it would make much sense knowing what the future has for him. But if you're somebody who is healthy, has played a complete year, and then you're going to the next level and you think to yourself, I don't play in this bowl game. Are you kidding me? You don't want to play on a national stage in front of an old miss or an Alabama or somebody else in that spotlight at 32 teams from the National Football League are going to be at, at that game, watching that game, breaking down that game on tape. So like to tell me if you're not in you know the college football playoff or whatever, that a bowl game doesn't matter, that's ridiculous. There's always that difference between what happens yep. amongst the team and amongst everybody else. So 
Uh, I want to take a couple more things away from James Franklin's press conference before we dive into really dissecting what Rutgers is all about. Um, There was a discussion that was brought up in regards to fourth down being a viable offensive play at this point in, you know, the, the evolution of football and James Franklin, you know, you and I have talked about it, some of his decisions on fourth down, but he actually, and Penn state have done very well on fourth down this season, which, uh, you know, surprises you and I, I know we've talked about that in the past, but it's like, no, like to their credit, they've done well. And a lot of people like to, you know, look back on a play as it happens. And James Franklin was like, well, evaluate the situation before it happens. And not every play winds up perfectly. But do you agree with the concept now that in 2022, fourth down is a viable offensive play? Yeah, not um, not not every play ends up in a uh, touchdown run by Nick Singleton, True. right? You know, but like it's sometimes twice. I, yeah. I, I don't I, look, you you know me, man. I, I, I'm going to say it. It's it, it's situationally. It's based off of the game. It's based off of the atmosphere. It, it's based off of how we're playing versus how our defense is playing. Look, like you, know, like, you look at Maryland, you know, for example, like or, or, or you, you, Penn State's offense, like if you stall out, you know, three and out, whatever's you punt it, Maryland sack, uh, throw away, second and 15. Next thing you're third and 18, you're backed up. You punt it. Parker Washington's receiving a punt at, you know, the minus 40. Next thing you know, you're starting off in plus territory driving at a short field, right? That That's what punting the ball can do for you. That's what changing field position can do for you. That's what, you know, uh, playing it smart and playing the field position game can do for you. If you if you're at midfield and it's fourth and one, and you know you're trusting the statistics or the analytics of the game, and you go for it, and you get stopped. Well, you're giving the team the ball in the middle of the field, right? You know, and that's like for me. There's just there's certain moments or certain situations that, right? Yeah, it makes sense to go for it here. I think our defense has played well. I think they've done a great job stopping them. Now we may have four downs to operate with. If you're not Look, you look at 2012, we went for it countless times on fourth down. But that's because there there was a few weeks in a row where our staff didn't have a ton of confidence in our kicker. Now, as the season went on, he's earned, he earned that confidence back and did a fantastic job for us. He won a game um, against Wisconsin for us. But there was a moment in time where, where we were operating with fourth downs. I think when circumstances are like that, then yeah, you know, you go for it, but you know, it, it, it's so much for me goes into it rather than just thinking, you know, well, it's fourth down, you know, where are we at? Where, you know, let's just go for right. it. So it's, you know, it's, it's a touchy, uh, you know, uh, down in distance. You just, you have to be careful. You can't get caught in the habit of just thinking you're going to get it every time or you're thinking Nick Singleton's going to make 11 guys miss and run for a touchdown. And another thing, the improvement of Jake Pinnegar three field goals, one for 50-plus this past game out against Maryland. The improvement of Jake Pinnegar has helped some of that play calling. There was a point early in the season you and I were talking about, yeah, maybe they should go for it on fourth down because it doesn't look really good beyond 40. And Jake has changed that narrative, so I'll give him his flowers. Um, Speaking of giving people their flowers, uh, one thing that was spoken about during the press conference uh, was James Franklin was asked if Penn State fans will remember Sean Clifford more fondly as time goes by, obviously he has set plenty of records now at Penn State. Uh, some would say by sheer time and others would say by sheer will. Um, what reception do you expect for Sean Clifford at senior day against Michigan State? Uh, you know, it, it should be a thankful one. You know, because I think a lot of teams across the country would would feel very fortunate to have had a guy like Sean Clifford be their quarterback for four years. 
to win a lot of games, um, be a part of a lot of big moments. Um, he's made a lot of big throws. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, look, it's, it's one of those situations, Tom, where the fans, you know, a lot of the Penn State community, they just want what's next. Right. And, and it's, it's definitely a tough, a tough spot to be in. It's a tough position to be in. Um, you know, because right. You know, uh, in col in the college football world, he's probably reached his peak, right? We know what he is. They're excited for what's next because we don't know what the ceiling is for Drew Allar and for the future of Penn State football. That's what's exciting, right? They want the unknown. They want the guy who is 6'5", 245, with a, with a big arm, um, you know, that has, has done some pretty decent things in, in the few times that, that we've seen him this year. Um, they want that future because of the way James Franklin hypes it up mm -hmm. and the way James Franklin talks about it and the way he talks about recruiting um, and how special these guys are um, and how Nick Singleton, I remember him talking about this in the spring, is as advertised. And, you know, Katron Allen is this. Well, oh, man, I'll give you a lot of credit yeah. because you were right on both mm -hmm. of them. You were at James. You were absolutely right on both of those guys. Um, and it's a fantastic job of getting both of those guys in the program. And I think they'll do a fantastic job of keeping both of those guys in the program. I mean, Kevon Lee might be somebody who isn't with the program in 2023 just because, because of what these two guys have done this year and they are the future of the program. Um, but, you know, if you're booing Sean Clifford on senior day, you're wrong. Let, let, let's just, let's say that you are very, very wrong if you do that to that kid on senior day. That kid has poured his, you know, his sweat, blood, tears into that, into that football program over six years, four years as a starting quarterback. He's dealt with the ups and downs, the roller coasters of the Big Ten, you know, so, you know, you know, celebrate his accomplishments in his career and everything that he's done. Because trust me, to be in that spot and to play quarterback at that school, Tom, it's not an easy thing. You know, especially when you're dealing with with, with pressure from a guy behind you. Um, you know that that will be the quarterback one day. So, you know, it, it's you know, it, it'll be you know, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what that reception is. But I think it should be positive. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com. 
all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code PAYDIRT15, that's PAYDIRT15, at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Let's talk about this Saturday, Penn State on the road at Rutgers. That is a 3.30 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. Um, This, I don't mean to be rude to the Scarlet Knights. I don't want to be mean, Matt. Uh, this this should be a win, and like to dissect this is almost criminal, but at the same time, we're going to. Penn State's 8-2, and two, coming into this game, taking on a 4-6 and six Rutgers team that have lost uh, six of their last seven. It's been rough for uh, Rutgers, and the tiny glimmer of hope was this past Saturday where they nearly beat Penn State's final opponent this year, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Rutgers lost by a score of 27-21. to 21. There were some bright spots that jumped out of that game. I want to focus on the quarterback. You mentioned him a little bit before. Gavin Wimsett um, is still very green, about 50% completion percentage on the year, more interceptions than touchdowns, has been sacked a whole bunch of times. Great raw talent, but forces a lot of throws. When you've turned on the tape with Rutgers and Wimsett, what have you seen? Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. And, and again, he was... Uh, out for a few weeks earlier in the season. Evan Simon was the quarterback for a while. They've also played Noah Vedrill, who's, you know, one of those college players. It was one of those college players like Sean Clifford has been around for a very, very long time, but a very good player has played in a lot of Big Ten football games. But, you know, it it seems like Wimsat is going to be the guy for the future there Um, at Rutgers. You know, it's still it, it remains to be seen how good this kid can be. And if he can be that guy that Rutgers is looking for um, week in and week out. Uh, But again, Tom, he's a talented player. He's young. Um, You know, he can create with his legs. He's got a good arm, um, but still has a lot left to do, a lot left to prove and a lot left to learn. Um, But he's improving. He is improving. Kyle Manungai is a solid player for them at the running back spot. Um, the, the, The big thing about Rutgers, Tom, and this for me, it's shocking this year because you would not expect this from a Greg Schiano team. I mean, penalties has penalties have destroyed this football team. 14 against Michigan State. I mean, that cost them the game. They're the most penalized team in the Big Ten, which which is it's just undisciplined. And that's, you know, I, you can't like when you look at Greg Schiano, what he's done throughout his career for his team to be penalized as much as they are. It just doesn't make much sense to me. So, you know, it, it's it, it comes down to that and it comes down to situational football for for Rutgers. The red zone offense isn't very good. Their red zone defense is atrocious. They're not good on third down on either sides of the ball. So situationally, they're they're just they're not very good. And that's where they get hurt in football games. It's it's a good defense too, Tom. I'd I'd put them I'd put their put them somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, of the Big Ten when comparing defenses, that's that's why they've been able to stay in a few games. That's why they're four and six. They they could have been six and four um, with that if they got a win last week. They lost to Nebraska by a point, so they've been in games. They've had a chance to win games. That defense has kept them in the games, but but you know, Tom penalties again, penalties, situational football, and you know, not great quarterback play has cost this team games. Now, if you're thinking they're just going to show up and get beat Saturday. 
then you don't know much about Greg yeah, Giano. Team, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna have them ready to play. He's gonna have them ready to play for four quarters in all phases of the game, right? Offense, defense, and special teams. I think it's gonna be a gimmicky game because Rutgers is known to do that. They're known to get gimmicky at times throughout the season in games like this. So you know you're talking some reverses on kick returns or, you know, jet sweep reverses, reverse passes, things like that. They're going to do anything they can to try to gain an advantage or to try to throw you off or try to get turnovers. If you let them create momentum or create energy for themselves, you're going to be in a game for a little while. Um, but and if, and if and if I'm talking to my team, Tom, I'm saying the last thing, and I've said this a couple of times this year about some teams, but it's true. Don't let we can't let these guys hang around. We talked about playing to 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 a standard on that on that breakdown episode, Tom. That's what Penn State needs to do this week. Play to your standard. Play the way you played a week ago. Take care of what you're doing, and this game will be out of hand fast. Uh, to your point about you know some of the weapons that they have, uh, wide receiver Aaron Cruckshank, a lot of Penn State fans might yeah. remember from his time at Wisconsin, obviously a transfer within the Big Ten. He also uh, not only playing wide out, but he's a punt returner, kick returner, so he can be dangerous. Uh, the running back is interesting. You mentioned Manungai. He had 162 yards rushing against Michigan State. Michigan State, I'm not going to throw flowers at their defense. It's the 25th worst defense in America. So let's not just say, oh, wow, he had a huge game. But also, Marungai, in his second full season, that's his most rushing yards ever in a game. His best before that was 77 back in October mm-hmm. of 2021. So he's gotten a new opportunity. You've talked about the revolving door quarterback. So, But even then, Wimsett had 236 yards passing and two touchdowns against Michigan State. So a lot of that is like, okay, maybe they gained some confidence against a bad Spartans defense. And then they still lost. And, and you talked about the penalties. They're second worst in the country. I'm just talking yep. about the Big Ten. Second worst in the country in penalties per game, which sounds so unlike Greg Schiano. He is such a disciplinarian. It's it's very bizarre what they put up against the Spartans and Mel Tucker and you know Peyton Thorne. In certain moments, he can really come up big. So I was not surprised to see Michigan State win, but I was surprised to see them struggle as much as they did. Is this a similar type of opponent maybe to what Penn State dealt with against Northwestern? I understand the weather element in that game, but still a team that can pull you down to their level. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those teams where uh, I don't necessarily think they're, they're they're thinking we're gonna pull you down to our level. I think if anything, Shiano does a great job of making his team believe that you know they they are this underdog, but that they can compete and play with anybody. Right? I, I think that's I think that's more the mindset rather than you know that whole we got we got to drag this you know not that any team says that really right. Tom, but like like we got they're they're gonna play down to their level or anything like that because look we all know that Penn State's on a different level than Rutgers but one of the things Shiano has done and he does a really good job of it Tom is again having his players buy in buy into the game plan buy into what he's selling uh, they compete every single play they're ready for every single play they believe they're capable of beating anybody. And that's that's what I really like about Greg Schiano and his football teams is that they play hard for four quarters. Um, you know, he does such a good job of using his most talented guys in every way. So you mentioned Crookshank, right? He, he's going to catch a football for them. He's also going to get rushes. Um, Johnny Langan, 
is another guy. Yeah, they're they're H back. Uh, exactly. He's going to get catches, but they're going to run the ball with him as well. So like, don't just think a guy's a tight end or a guy's a wide receiver or a guy is a running back because if they're capable of doing more, Greg Schiano is going to let them do more. And I think that's, I think that's what makes them at least improved on the offense since what we saw earlier in the year. Um, you know, and obviously they've gone through an offensive coordinator change, um, as well. And I think they've done some pretty positive things since then. Um, but you can't, it's, you can't be caught off guard in a game like this. And uh, Langan, to your point, uh, has experiences as a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, and a lot of people might remember as a quarterback. So there's a lot of things yep. that they can do there. Uh, for Penn State coming off the Maryland game, a dominant first half, took the foot off the gas, so to speak, a little bit there in the second half. But you, know, you and I talked about it so much is that there were so many positive signs for the future here. What do you need to see Penn State do? You know, is it kind of rinse and repeat in terms of hammer Singleton and Catron Allen and just let the chips fall where they may? I think so. Um, you know, I, I think you go into to this game with, with 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 that game plan that you know we are going to run the football. We're going to establish the run. Um, you know, we're we're going to make it a point to kind of wear you down and then go from there. Right. This is what we want to do, so that. This is what we're gonna do, and I said it's not, it's not one of those games, Tom, where you know it's we, we have to be, you know, careful doing this or doing that. We can't do this, we can't do that. It's a game, and it's a game plan, Tom, where you feel like you can do anything, right? And I think that's what the standard needs to be. Um, you know, you need to defend us if you're Rutgers this week. We're gonna run it, run it, run it, play action. Right, you know, find completions. We're just going to march right down on the field on you. I think that's what this game plan needs to be. Have Rutgers try to match your intensity early on. Um, you know, you should be able to get that one-two punch going very early with with Singleton with Katron Allen. It's amazing what a difference a year makes. The the Rutgers game last year, the proverbial flu and Veyer game. At that point, we didn't know how to pronounce Christian's <laughs> last name. So flu and Veyu, it's such a nice ring to it. But anyway. I'm surprised that it didn't catch on. I know. And then he's like, oh, this is how you pronounce my last name. We're like, oh, we're so close. <laughs> that might be why. That might be um, why. But that was a, you know, a shutout. But it was also like not the most inspiring performance. And the team was just handcuffed by just a brutal week. It sounded like everybody was sick. And now coming into this game, I, I see Penn State pitching a shutout for a very different reason. You've got 14 defensive players for Penn State who've got a sack so far this season, back-to-back games with six-plus sacks or more. And this was not the mentality that you and I had coming into the season that this could be a really dominant pass rush. What do you expect from the Penn State defense against Rutgers? I think it's the same mentality that it was a week ago. I'm not putting Gavin Wimpsat on Talia's level. Um, you know, uh, I do think he's a talented player, but he doesn't have a ton of experience yet. He can still make plays. And when you have a guy, Tom, who, you know, is really in his first year as a quarterback and he's starting to become the guy for Rutgers, he's played in a few football games, right? You, your first read isn't open. Maybe sometimes he'll get to a second read, but you're going to resort back to just trying to run around and create plays with your legs to try to make a play because you're unsure at times. You don't know how much time you have in the pocket. You're not trusting your progressions. You're not trusting your reads. You're not trusting what you're seeing. So it has to be the same where it's like you need to keep Gavin Wimpsett, you know, in, in that, you know, in that pocket. 
Don't let them break contain. If anything, just let them push the pocket and try to escape through the middle and have a backer kind of spy them, find them, make a play on them. It needs to be the same thing that they did a week ago to Dalia. You got to hit this kid early on in the game, get him off his mark, get him off his spot, get him uncomfortable early on. It's another thing that I think young quarterbacks struggle with doing is moving, resetting, throwing. Um, you know, that's what they have to do to this kid and, you know, force him to win the football game for you. This is uh this is not in any way a trap game. I, I genuinely expect Penn State to be dominant again, like they were in the first half of the, the Maryland game. And Matt, that might be the first time this season that I, I've felt super comfortable going into a game. <laughs> and outside of the Ohio U game and the Central Michigan game, those were two games where we're like, oh, Penn State should have these in the bag. Yeah. They did against Ohio. Eh, not the most inspiring win against Central Michigan, which has been odd seeing where the nervous there for a second. Well, and seeing yeah. where the Chippewas have wound up with a losing record right now. It's kind of yeah. strange, but I digress. To see Penn State at this point in the season, yes, it's against lesser competition within the Big Ten, but you feel confident in what they're putting together. And then I never rule out Michigan State at the end of the year. That hideous land grant trophy just brings out something in the Spartans. And that, listen, you got beat by this team last year on the road, and it was not fun two years before that at Beaver Stadium against Michigan State. So you don't want to look ahead to the superior opponent, but you got to deal with Rutgers first. How difficult is it as a player to be like, hey, man, this one's in the bag. Next week's in the bag. We're just on to the bowl game. Don't coast. Right. You know, I think that's what the message needs to be. Continue to keep your foot on the gas, continue to play, not just play to win, but play to dominate. Right. That's what the mentality has to be. That's what the talk needs to be all week. Um, you know, it's a it's a business trip, Tom. You're going there to win. Now you're focused on the best possible bowl that you can be in. Right. And you're not going to do that by beating Rutgers by three or beating Michigan State by by one. Right, you you need to dominate this game. You need to prove to the Big Ten and prove to the college football playoff rankings. Prove to these bowl committees that you know. Listen, if we had another crack at Michigan State or we had another crack at Ohio State, we're confident that we're talented enough to to have been able to win those games. Um, here's how you know further along we are than every other team in the Big Ten, aside from those two that we lost to this year. We're ten and two, but we're the best ten and two program in America. That's what the message needs to be. You, you need to go into this game again, and I'm going to say it again playing to the Penn State standard. We see Ohio State do it week in and week out. We're now seeing Michigan uh, we're just now seeing Michigan do it week in and week out. Penn State needs to play to their standard this Saturday and next Saturday. Uh, while the team shouldn't be looking ahead or trying to coast, uh, you and I can because that's the gig speculating. Uh, we talked about <laughs> it a little bit before in terms of looking ahead at possible bowl opponents. Uh, very quickly, would you feel comfortable with Penn State contending and competing with someone like an Alabama or like an Ole Miss. I'd love, I would love to see Penn State, Alabama. I really would. Um, I think fans would be excited about that. I think both players on, on both sides would, would be, would be very excited about that. I think the coaching staffs would be excited about that. I mean, you talk about history, you talk about tradition, you talk about just classic college football, tough, hard nosed football game. I think that's it right there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, the way Bama is this year, too, um, you know, the, a lot has been talked about how this is a down year at the wide receiver spot for Alabama. So I think that Bama's offense versus that Penn State defense, I think Penn State would have the advantage. The only issue you're going to run to, though, is, is can, can this Penn State offense, this Penn State passing attack, 
compete with that defense? How does that offensive line compare versus that front four, that front seven? Um, but uh, I think it's a tough matchup. I think it's a fair matchup in bowl season. And I mean, heck, man, you, you want to talk about outside of the college football playoff. Yeah. If that is the matchup, that might be the game outside of the college football playoff. If, if we'll see what happens. And if it's yeah. Old Miss, two of the most polarizing coaches in college football today, Franklin and Kiffin, I, I would be interested in seeing. Would be great TV. Media week oh, would be yeah. great. Those are always fun. <laughs> um, thank you all for joining us. As I mentioned multiple times this Saturday, Penn State's on the road against Rutgers, 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on the Big Ten Network. We'll have a full recap for you right here on Pater. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.